The chase is on. Welcome to Chasing Ball Game, the Wicked Quick Sports Betting Podcast. I am Jimmy Brown, and I am ready for this Tuesday with some top-notch sports betting information. This podcast is fueled by chasers. Chasers are the listeners of this show and the people that interact with me on social media. We gathered some great stuff. We just share information, the latest goings-on from top to bottom, and it's always great stuff. And once I find out this information and gather it from the chasers, not only do I share it right here on the show, but I like to give credit where credit is due. So if you want to be a chaser and join in on the fun, just hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Chasing Ball Game, and you'll get right here on the show each and every time I hit the airways. But let's get to the breakdown for today's show. The breakdown for today is brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the number one online sportsbook for betting on sports. Make sure to check them out. But here is our rundown. And again, we're going to talk baseball. Major League Baseball is here, people. Before you know it, we'll be in full swing. And I'm going to talk about betting baseball and how this year could be a different ball game if the Major League Baseball gets their new strike zone approved. I'm going to talk college hoops. I'm back with more college basketball betting information to get you ready for March Madness and explain why location is everything come tournament time. I'm also going to toss out another pick against the spread for a big game on Tuesday night in college hoops. NFL's next, and it's time to talk about the Super Bowl champions and talk about Tom Brady's future as we are breaking down Brady today with some interesting thoughts on sports betting props that you can take advantage of right now. Finally, to wrap things up, it's back to betting the buckets, the one-of-a-kind original NBA betting segment. On today's show, we're going to go beyond the box score and look back in an incredible comeback and how it may affect teams in the second half. We're going to look at the counter crunch and compare that with a different stat to just find out which teams are vulnerable vulnerable before the All-Star break. And of course, we're going to give out another winning pick against the spread for the small, small card on Tuesday night. Chasing ball game is blazing quick with more than one pick, so let's go. And we're starting with baseball. Look, betting baseball, there is nothing like it. And I know football's over and I know basketball is going through March Madness. But now's the time to start researching baseball because over the summer there's really not much else. Um, so you can make some money if you do it the right way. And that's why I wanted to talk baseball a lot on this show. Not only do I like baseball and I like betting on baseball, but I think it provides a different opportunity that your normal fan doesn't always partake in, if you will. And so I like to bring up some stuff. And look, I'm going to do everything from basics to advanced stuff right here on the podcast. So make sure we cover everybody. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up. But for today's show, I want to talk about a change that is being proposed that could not only change the way that we watch baseball, but we can change the way that the game is wagered on. A few things, the intentional walks to speed up the game instead of throwing those four softball pitches to the outside, you're thinking about just saying, hey, I want to walk this guy and throw him on. But the more important rule I'm going to talk about is the strike zone. They want to change the strike zone, and if they're going to make this change, they got to do it soon because, of course, they want to test it out in the Grapefruit and the Cactus League. But basically, MLB submitted a formal proposal to the Players Union to raise the strike zone, uh, particularly the bottom of the strike zone. They want to raise it about two inches. Uh, Look, the reason I want to do this is because right now the strike zone is too big. Um, The strikeout record has been broken for nine consecutive seasons. The growth in the zone is evident. I mean, in 2001, 24% of taken pitches in the bottom two inches of the strike zone were called strikes. That number has grown to 50% in each of the past two seasons. But what does it mean really for you, at least if you're going to bet on baseball, what does it mean? Well, first of all, 
There are plenty of pitchers who made their uh, season, if you would, by getting strikes in that lower portion of the strike zone, most notably John Lester. He made a habit of it uh, for the Cubs, and he, of course, was one of the main reasons they did so well this year. So you could see some pitchers that are affected by this change. But what you're also going to see is changes in the total. Much like football and basketball, all baseball games have a total on it. Basically, the combined runs and whether it will go over or under. Raising the zone an estimated two inches, it's going to lead to more favorable counts for hitters. And more favorable counts means those hitters can wait on the ball they want. They'll have more well-hit balls in play, which should increase the offense. So that, to me, it means the totals would change for games, and more games could go over the total depending on where the totals are posted. This is where odds makers come into play because they have to make a change on the totals right away. And, of course, that is if this rule is implemented to me if it is it is a game changer and it is definitely something not only i'm going to talk about more right here on the chasing ball game podcast but definitely something i think you should pay attention to if you plan on betting baseball this summer now let's go on to college basketball and let's go march madness look i I keep calling it march madness and a lot of people hit me up on twitter that said why do you call it march madness i mean it's not even march yet if you want to do well in college basketball in March Madness, you got to do it now. If you wait until the brackets are announced to figure out what teams are good and what teams are bad, you're going to be behind the power curve. More importantly, you're going to be behind the odds makers. That is not where you want to be. These lines are tight enough during the tournament. Any edge you can get will only help you when those lines are first released. And to me, for the last few weeks, I've been shoveling information out on things to look for during this big dance, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, leading all the way up until the brackets are announced and even after that. But for today, I'm going to talk about location. When teams are seeded, different teams based on seeding and placement will play in different areas of the country. Now, many teams, especially the higher seeded teams, will get some serious home cooking, some home court advantage, if you will, by playing within a you know a moderately close uh, location to where they play their home games or where their fans are. Some other teams, they're going to get some bad pulls. They're going to be thrown all over the place uh, depending on where they are and where they get in. Because of this, the Pac-12 could be in good shape, especially the team that has the best record in the conference. Uh, a few shows ago, uh, I, I talked about a about a Pac-12 team that is worth looking at. And if you didn't weren't here for that show or you didn't listen to that show, first of all, eh, I'm still relatively new to this business, so I won't say shame on you just yet, but just definitely check out the archives. You can find me on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes or wherever you're re- listening to me right now. There's a good chance the older episodes are there, so definitely check it out because I picked one Pac-12 team that has value at the betting window, and now there could be another one depending on where they finish. The best Pac-12 team gets placed in the West region for the NCAA tournament. Why is that a good thing? Because it means they're going to be playing a weekend in either San Jose or Salt Lake City, a sweet 16 trip to Sacramento, and if they make it all the way to the Final Four, they're going to be playing in Phoenix, which means, you guessed it, they're close to home. If Oregon makes it, if they're the first-place team, they have less than a one-hour flight to both non-Phoenix locations. UCLA wouldn't have to leave the state until the Final Four, so how great would that be for them? And Arizona would have flights less than two hours long to both places and then if of course if they play in phoenix that's right next door so only one team can do it the other two are going to be pushed out to brackets probably the midwest and to the east so i really think watching this pac-12 race to the end is something that you want to keep an eye on and it's going to provide plenty of betting opportunities so keep that in mind and when we're looking at the futures for the teams to win the uh college basketball championship 
Arizona and Oregon come in at 12 to 1. UCLA is 9 to 1 right now. To me, even right now, that isn't such bad value. But when you talk about the location and the schedule and where they could end up, if you don't get on that top seed before it's officially announced, you could actually lose a little bit of value. That's why I want to bring it up now. And that's why I think it is important to start digging into March Madness right now and not later. Speaking of the madness, let's get to the pick. I'm in the SEC tonight, and I'm going to take the Auburn Tigers over the Florida Gators. I get it. The Gators beat Kentucky. They only have that one win over an at-large quality team on a resume. They have some good RPI wins, but the Gators also, they do have a little bit of motivation. I'll give it to them. They could easily secure a top three seed in the tournament. When the brackets came out of the preceedings, if you would, last weekend, they already put up pretty high, about a three seed. If they win the SEC regular season title, and they could even get a top two seed if they win the SEC tournament. So I get it. They need to do. They need to win out. They have some motivation. But to me, there's no more motivation than Auburn. Auburn's a desperate team. I mentioned in my Monday podcast, again, look back for it if you didn't hear it. It was a good one. Auburn needs a win to get the committee members to notice their resumes. I mean, this is a team that's lost seven games in SEC play. That's not good at all. So desperate teams at this time of year realize that right now they're pretty much in the tournament. Right now they're playing for their tournament lives, which I think brings some serious value from a betting standpoint when you're looking at teams to bet on or or why you want to bet on or maybe why they're motivated. And for Auburn, it doesn't get any more desperate than right now. I mean, they're off a loss against Old Old Miss where they should have won. I mean, they pretty much own that game. At least they looked pretty good as far as uh, – commanding the first half and then they collapsed down the stretch they looked awful down the stretch uh the loss was so bad to me what i noticed or was so lot i'm sorry the loss was so bad that what i noticed is what that coach bruce pearl had to say he said and i quote this is the most disappointing loss in my two and a half years here at auburn now why is it a big loss well, not only because they had the lead, but I really think by saying that he's trying to send a message. I mean, the Tigers were sloppy. They gave up 19 points off turnovers. They went to the foul line. Ole Miss did 23 times, made 21. The point guards for Auburn went to the free throw line one time, just one time. Tigers are known to rebound after and against the spread loss 4-0 uh, against the spread in that role. But what I really think is this coach speak leads me to believe that after saying it was the worst game he's seen in the two and a half years there, that this game is going to be the most important one of his tenure. At least that's how he's going to dress it up. I think that's going to cause aggressive play by the point cards of Auburn. I think they're going to crash the lane. They're going to get to the foul line. One, they didn't last time, so they're really going to make a point of trying to get there. And two, they're at home. So home cooking means more calls. Not only that, but Auburn will play tenacious defense to me, complete game from top to bottom, because they do not want to uh, be a team that gets knocked out or does not finish strong after that bad game against Ole Miss. So to me, Auburn plus the points, I'm seeing nine, nine and a half out there. Take those points. They really need the upset here against Florida to get the signature win. Even if they don't get it, the nine and a half points will be good enough. Take Auburn plus the nine and a half as my play in college basketball for Tuesday night. Now, on to the NFL. This segment is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is a great sports book. They have everything that you want when you bet on sports, whether you're a new sports better or a veteran sports better. They have everything from great lines, great props. In fact, the props I'm about to talk to you are straight from mybookie.ag. 
then they pay out. And that's really what's important in this business. You bet to win money and you want to get paid out when you do. They do that at mybookie.ag. Sign up now using the promo code CHASER. Just let them know you're a chaser and that you listen to this show right here. And you will get an exclusive 100% bonus up to $3,000 to bet on sports. All right. The NFL season may be over, but there's still plenty to look at. And that's what I love about the NFL is although there won't be a game until August, there's still plenty to talk about. Whether it's the latest news like the Giants who cut Victor Cruz and Rashard Jennings or the draft that's coming up, the NFL Combine, there's so much. But right now I'm going to focus on the champs and I'm going to be breaking down Brady using some mybookie.ag uh, props. They have some very enticing prop bets on how well Brady will do next season. I, I mean, they really have a ton when you think about it. They have total passing yards for the regular season by Tom Brady, anywhere from 3899 or lower to 3,899 yards or lower, all the way up to 5,200 or more passing yards. And you can bet on anywhere in between. They have total interceptions for the regular season, 2017, 2018 by Tom Brady. Look, they even have a spot. Zero to five interceptions is five to one. It pays back if you think he's going to do that. Or 10 or more interceptions pays four to one. So definitely check those out. They have total touchdown passes for the regular season by Tom Brady. 36 or more touchdown passes will bring you back 3-1, to one, or 24 or less touchdown passes will bring you back 8-1. to one. By the way, they have some ranges in between, 25-28, to 29-32. to 32. Please stop by mybookie.ag, check it out. The one I'm going to focus on today, however, is how many games will Tom Brady start this season. Now, barring any deflate gate scandals or suspensions, you would expect them to be in the lineup for most of the games. I think what the Patriots did this season is they made sure they had home field advantage. There was no doubt about it. That's exactly what they wanted to do. While you can never predict an injury, this season I think is going to be very interesting for Tom Brady and the Patriots. First of all, the favorite in this category is 16 games. They expect Tom Brady to start all 16 games. That is minus 200 if he got that. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say 15 games, and I'll tell you why. Patriots still don't have any competition in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins, although the Dolphins are improving. They really don't have any competition. So there's every reason to believe that, once again, the Patriots will have the AFC East wrapped up late in the season. However, Tom Brady is getting older. If they have the AFC East wrapped up, and at that point, they'll either have the home field advantage wrapped up or they won't. And therefore, it leads me to believe that there's no reason for him to start the last game of the season. And I understand. I've watched the Patriots. I'm a fan. I understand that they have played him nonstop, and there's no reason to believe they're not going to do it again. But I really think because of his age, because of where they will be, because they're off a Super Bowl victory, I think he will start 15 games. That pays back 2-1. to one. That will be my prop bet. Look, the NFL may be in the offseason, but there's still plenty to look at, and that's why I like to bring it up each and every show, and that's why I like to point out cool props like that one when I am making predictions on the upcoming season. But now let's bounce over to betting of the buckets and talk the NBA, and I'm going to go beyond the box score. I'm going to go back and look at the game when the Pistons recovered with a heck of a comeback to take down Toronto Raptors. The Pistons trailed by 16 points in the fourth quarter, and they rallied to beat the Raptors by one point. Detroit, they've been money makers in close games. They've won its last six games that were decided by one point. That goes all the way back to December 2015, the second longest current winning streak in one-point games, which means 
if you have smaller point spreads, maybe you want to keep an eye on the Pistons because if the games are going to be close, they know how to close those out. Tobias Harris came off the bench to score 24 points for the Pistons against the Raptors. He's averaged 23 points per game in five games at Toronto. 23 points per game in five games at Toronto. He averages about 15 on all other games, which to me, he matches up well against Toronto. Something else to consider. And Andre Drummond, 10 points, 18 boards, 36 double-double of the season. Uh, to me, that guy's incredible. He's probably underrated. But the reason I really wanted to bring this up is because, to me, very big win for the Pistons and a tough loss for the Raptors. If you want proof, let's talk about DeMar DeRozan. He claimed he was fouled in the last shot, which, oh, by the way, he missed. Which So I, he could have won the game with a shot, so you can understand why he claimed he was fouled and why he was a bit bitter. But what he said is that time is running out for this Raptors team to get their season back on track. This is a team that's fallen from second place to fourth in the conference and they're just not winning ball games. More importantly, they're not winning at home. So now they head into the brink, kind of with their heads hanging low. And there's a long season. There's no way I would think they're out of it. They're a team that's going to make the playoffs. But to me, when you head in that all-star break, you want motivation. And sometimes you get it one way and sometimes you get it the other way. And that is why I really think that when the second half of the season uh, starts off, I will definitely be looking for Toronto perhaps to struggle a little bit and Detroit to carry that momentum into the second half. All right, let's get over to the counter crunch. Again, this is where we look at the schedule. Then we find teams that are either in good spots or bad spots so we can find situations to bet for or against them. But we're going to do it a bit different today because, first of all, the All-Star break is coming. It's a long one for us NBA fans, February 17th to February 22nd. Take some time off, enjoy some college basketball, or don't bet at all. Get out, spend some time with the family, do whatever you got to do. But right now, there's a few days of basketball left to talk about. And for this calendar crunch, I'm going to combine how hot or cold for some teams a team is with the remaining schedule and see what's in their advantage. For example, the Wizards, 9-1 the last 10 games overall as I record this. They get the Pacers, who will be playing their fifth game in seven nights in the last game before the break. The Pacers should be exhausted. Edge to the Wizards. Again, it's not always a pick when I bring up these situations. If it is, I will include it in the pick segment. But what it really is is more like bringing these games to your attention. For example, Pelicans, 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. They have a game in Memphis to finish out the first half of the season. This will be the third game in four nights for the Pelicans, and it will be the end of a four-game road trip. Pelicans could easily have one eye on the break because they're going to be happy to get first half of the season over with. Plus, they've also been rumored to be in trade talks, so they may not have all hands on deck, which could be a tough spot for the Pelicans. Always keep an eye on the calendar so you won't get crunched, but let's get to the pink. And hold your noses, people, because this pick is a good old-fashioned stinker. Give me the L.A. Lakers over the Kings. This line is low, so when you see the Kings minus one on the road, it's going to make you want to take the Kings, who have admittedly been playing some good basketball, and they've been beating some good teams this season, and they're in that hunt for the eighth spot. But think again. This will only be the second game in six days for the Lakers, who are well-rested the Kings. They're probably ready for the break. They've played seven games in 12 days, and they may have one eye in the next game when they travel to Golden State to play the Warriors for the break. Warriors have a little bit of a revenge in that spot, so you know that's going to be a big game for them. The trends also indicate this is a laydown spot for the Kings. Kings are 5-11-1 against the spread in the last 17 games following a straight-up win, and they're 1-5 against the spread in the last six games when they play a team with a winning percentage below 400, which means they overlook bad teams. The Lakers, I understand it. 
They have a poor record. They're not a very good basketball team right now, but they're covering the number lately. 8-2 and two against spread in the last 10 games. 7-1 against the spread in the last 8 overall. More importantly, like I mentioned, they have that rest. 6-0 and against spread in the last 6 games, playing on 3 or more days rest. And they're back home. Lakers are 4-0 against spread in the last four home games following a road trip of seven or more days. The Lakers are in the midst of a youth movement, and I really think this is what's inspired this team to play so well. They replaced small forward Luol Deng with rookie Brandon Ingram in the starting lineup. They replaced starting center Timothy Moskov with backup center Tariq Black. Dang is coming off the bench. He still provides them a little punch off the bench. Moskov's basically AWOL, but I really think... Letting the young players take over is helping them. It's motivating them to play basketball from start to vision, start to finish. Cousins and the Kings are going to start slow, and the Lakers will take advantage of it. Take the Lakers plus the one point. They win outright for my NBA pick against the spread for Tuesday night. That will do it for betting the buckets, and that will do it for the Chasing Ball Game podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to listen in. I know your time is important, and that's why we make this podcast wicked quick and to the point. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes anytime you miss us. You can hear us right there. Join the fun. Become a chaser. I really need people to chip in, and I love the ones that are doing it so far. The more you chip in, the more you will be featured right here in the Chasing Ball Ball Game podcast. All you have to do, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, at Chasing Ball Game, just like the latest Chasers who have followed or shared information like the Gambling Group Gurus, Vegas Sports Information Network, and Austin Roy. They've all chimed in, liked, retweeted, shared some great information or picks, and I appreciate it, guys. Welcome to the chase. It's your turn next. So join on in on this growing community of sports betting fans together. We're building something special, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Come back on Wednesday. We're beefing up the show with more March Madness tips and info as we keep pressing on the boys of summer and baseball. I have more baseball betting information to get you ready for the start of the season. Plus, we'll have another edition of Betting the Buckets as we head into the NBA All-Star break with some more winners and insight. And how can we forget the NFL? Of course, I'm going to have the more NFL as we get ready with the Combine. we got the draft coming. I have plenty to talk about on Wednesday. Until then, win big at the betting window and keep on chasing.